It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Without a dope pod to step to. Ah, yeah. Welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of the Format Podcast. First and foremost, man, let me apologize to y'all. I haven't been around for a while. I know you've been sitting there waiting for it. You've been worrying about it. You've been thinking, where's the Format Podcast? I'm going crazy. I'm in withdrawal, all that. But we're back, all right? So um, sorry about that. Life happens. Had a lot going on, but um, we're back in business, okay? So on this week's episode, we have a special guest. We're going to be talking all hoops, a lot of NBA. And uh, joining us is going to be a basketball scout who uh, has his own scouting company and does a lot for uh, AAU, college, and NBA teams. His name is uh, Ian Powers, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to a great conversation with him. So stick around, and uh, we'll get that to you. And of course, if we're talking hoops, you know who's with me, my co-host, my uh, co-host with the most, is that what they say? Andy Noel. So we're definitely going to bring you that, all right? But before we do it, you know what we got to do, okay? First and foremost... If you're on social media, you know how to find me. Catch me on Twitter. The handle is at Bruce F.A. Hope. That's at Bruce F.A. Hope. If you're on Instagram, the handle is at The Format Podcast, at The Format Podcast. If you want to email me, the email address is simple. It is at, it is, excuse me, The Format Podcast at Outlook.com, the format podcast at Outlook.com. On any one of those, you can hit me up. You can tell me you love the show. You can tell me you hate the show. You can tell me I'm the greatest guy ever talking smart sports. You can tell me I'm the biggest idiot talking sports. Either way, that's cool with me because it lets me know you're listening. So it's all good, all right? Um, if you're here on YouTube, make sure you please... Click that subscribe button in the lower right corner of your screen and then click the bell so you can be notified when we drop new content for you. Okay, so like and subscribe. Those are the two things that you need to do. All right. Like and subscribe. Oh, and of course, click the bell. All right. So do those things for me. If you uh, just want the audio version of this podcast, you can do that, too. We are available on uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. You can find it by typing in the format podcast. We should come right up. OK. And uh If you're going to go on iTunes, please do us a favor. Give us that five-star rating. And if you like, drop a comment, okay? Five-star rating, one, two, three, four, five. The five-star rating helps us to keep rising up in the rankings. So when you look, you can find us more easily. And we know that what we're doing is not in vain, okay? So to recap, Twitter, at Bruce F.A. Hope. Instagram at the format podcast, email the format podcast at outlook.com. And uh, after that, go over to iTunes, give us the five star rating, leave a comment. Okay. So do all that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And finally, I know you've been waiting. Here we go. Sit back, relax, and listen up to episode 96 of the format.
right. Joining us today on the Format Podcast is Ian Powers, grassroots basketball scout and consultant for NBA teams to talk scouting, NBA, all things in between. Ian, uh, thank you so much for joining the show, man. Welcome, welcome. I appreciate you having me, man. How, how y'all doing? Doing all right. And uh, for uh, if you're coming back and you're a normal uh, listener or watcher of the Format Podcast, you know who's with me because we're talking hoops. Got my main man, my partner, Andy Noel. Andy, what's good? Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy to be happy to have another session. Ready Outstanding. to go. All right, well, let's get to it. Ian, um, why, why don't we start off you, you know, telling us uh, a little bit about yourself, your background in the game of basketball. You know, did you play for who and to what level? Uh, how'd you get into what you're doing now? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, um, originally born and raised in Oakland, California. Um, so I, I came up in a in a pretty uh, uh, intense basketball environment, man. You know, growing mm. up in the 80s and 90s. Um, I played in high school, uh, and I say sporadically because I, I wasn't the most focused student in the world. <laughs> so you know, I I, uh, I was I was on and off teams in high school because you know either either I wasn't eligible to play at certain times, or my mom just wasn't wasn't satisfied because my, my mother's a school teacher. She taught open mm-hmm. club schools for oh, wow. years, oh, so wow. um, you know the the education part was real big with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I actually got diagnosed with ADHD. Went into my senior year of high school because everybody was trying to figure out why, you know, I, w- I was, you know, struggling so much in high school. And I just, uh, it, it was just, my attention span was terrible, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I, we found out about it kind of late, but I guess, you know, better late than never. But, um, and then, I, so I played high school ball and then I went and played Juco for a little bit um, for a hot, hot minute. Um, I kind of got to a point where, um, you know, I just didn't want to play anymore. Mm. Um, and just kind of just kind of started focusing on some other stuff and kind of got away, kind of got completely away from the game of basketball for a few years. Um, and then, you know, ultimately the love of the game brought me back. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's oh, here I am now. So what position did you play? In? Uh, I was a combo. So I, I play a little point, play a little two. I'm 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 six, four. So uh, okay. I, I, I I could play both positions. Okay, uh, okay. So yeah, it, it sound like a lot of Oakland dudes, right. a lot of right. Oakland guards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> even yeah. even like Dame today, right? And, and right. I guess right. yeah. You know what? I think I think, look, I think I think I think Jay was probably the, the the one pure point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. about to say the same thing. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, so with that, you know, you you being a combo, I guess, I guess you like a lot of what you see at the point guard position today, and we'll we'll get into that more. But mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of like that guys who can pass and score the ball. Um, yeah, it depends. You know, it, it depends on the player. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some guys, you know, you would rather you would you would like to see them be better distributors, and then some guys you would like agree. to see you, you would like to see them being more of a threat offensively. So it, it mm-hmm. just depends on the player. Um, it, you know, it, just, it, it varies from, from player to player. Right. So tell us That's a little bit. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do now in terms of uh, running your own grassroots scouting company and, and consulting for NBA teams. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I run a scouting service that's uh, NCAA approved. Um, so I travel the country, coast to coast. Um, going to different AAU events um, and camps and what have you, uh, just just evaluating talent, writing reports. Uh, schools pay me for the uh, for the information. Wow. A lot of because they have so many 
you know, restrictions. The NCAA has some made restrictions on how many times schools can get out. Mm. They got they have two weekends in April they can get out, and then um, they have three weeks in July they can get out and actually evaluate players um, in terms of watching them in, in AAU settings and, and camps and things like that. Um, so there are a lot of events that we we go to that they're not able to go to due to NCAA rules. So um, they That's need crazy. eyes. Yeah, they need eyes and ears out there when they can't be there. You know, who's playing well, who's not playing well. Um, there may be some kids that emerge that they may not have heard of before. Um, and so we we what we do is we provide that information to them. Okay. Bruce, let me let me ask. Yeah, let ahead, me ask. So so you so essentially, right, you could be in the gym as many times as you want to, though. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, oh, that's I had no idea. So yeah, essentially, yeah. right. So you're the eyes and the ears for for whatever school sends you out. And if you're five, you're following, you know, three or four kids. Right. You can be you can be in there. And that's not a violation of any any of, of any rules at all. Nope. How did you? How, so what made you start that? I, I, I don't, I'm interested. Um, I'm interested because I'm, I don't I didn't even know uh, that kind of service existed. I'm a, oh, in, I, don't, I don't know if Bruce ever told. Yeah. So I'm I'm an AAU coach. At least I was. I haven't been in about a year now. And mm-hmm. I've been coaching anywhere from six years old to 15 years old. Anything. Mm-hmm. I've coached 18 year olds and they drove me crazy. So I, I kind of stayed, stayed away from that. But. Um, I had no idea. I remember I'd gone to a high school game. I mean, I live in South Jersey, so I, I went to a school where Camden Camden High was playing against um, Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could see the scouts with, with the university of this. Arizona was sitting behind me. Arizona was sitting behind me. There's a big kid. I think they, they were recruiting. His name is Miles Thompson. I think they were there to see him. But it was maybe a five or six schools, right? Mm-hmm. You could see them the first mm-hmm. time. And I'd gone to a couple of high school games and a few, right? And this is the first time I'd ever gone. And I'm like, okay, where these dudes come from? Right? right. And and I started thinking, I'm like, are these cats like normally in the, in the stands? Because it's the first – even though this is the first time I'm seeing them, I'm sure they've been here before. Right, right. No, but they, I, they, yeah, so a lot of times, they, you know, they may not even know, be aware of a kid. Like, there's a seven-foot kid here in the Bay Area that's kind of moved around a lot that a lot of people don't know anything about. Um, and so I've, I've, I've been working on his behalf, you know, calling, you know, all my clients and, and letting them know, hey, we got a seven-foot out here that got a lot of upside. You might want to take oh, a wow. look at him. It's been kind of hard because there was no AAU season last summer. Sure. Um, and out here in California, they haven't started playing high school basketball yet. They're trying to get the season started up within the next few weeks. Okay. So it's been kind of hard to get film on the kid and everything. But uh, people that I've been been working with um, and, and relationships that I have across the country with different coaches, um, you know, they wouldn't subscribe to my service if they didn't if they didn't think I knew what I was looking at. So if, if I tell them about a kid, they they're at least going to look into it because, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I haven't, I haven't steered any of them wrong yet on, on when it came to a player. I mean, in my opinion, to be honest with you, I mean, you, are you do you have competition? How many other people out there do? Cause to oh, me, that's a valuable thousands. service. Really? Yeah, a bunch okay. Of, a bunch of, a bunch of different um, uh, guys out here who have scouting services. So, okay. um, and it's hard, it's not easy to get, people to subscribe to your service because there's so many, they, they have so many people coming at them on a, on a constant, consistent basis, sure. asking them to subscribe to their services. So it's very competitive. Um, it really comes down to relationships you have. Relationships. I was, yep. I was, I was fortunate because before I started doing my service, before I had my service, I was working for mm-hmm. NBA draft.net. 
I started doing that probably in 2009, I think it was. And okay. I would go to a lot of events. And I'm sure you guys go to NBADraft.net to check out the mock draft boards and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing that. Uh, doing that. And I got, I got introduced to him uh, via email, basically, because, uh, you know, he was starting to get into the high school rankings a little bit, even though his main focus is, is doing the, uh, the NBA mock drafts. And I was emailing him some clips and some some stuff about a couple of kids that I thought he needed to uh, he needed to highlight. And come to find out, he actually lived in San Francisco, which is as you know, is right across the Bay Bridge. Sure, so, sure, sure. Um, so that's how kind of we connected, and he started asking me. We started exchanging information about different players, and um, he kind of could tell that I had a had an eye for scouting, even though I hadn't had scouted ever prior to that. Um, and, you know, he asked me what I mind going out to some events and, and, and you know, covering some events for him. Um, so he would give me media credentials, uh, which allowed me to get into the events. Um, and a lot, at the time, media could sit with the coaches. Now they try to, um, you know, they try to stop all of that because a few coaches, I won't, I won't say any names, but a few coaches started, <laughs> yeah, start, started complaining um, about, you know, they didn't like the media guys sitting with the coaches because a lot of media guys are trying to hit them up for this, to take their scouting services. And, you know, oh, wow. it, it, it hindered them from, from watching the games and all that. Okay. Most of the coaches don't, most of the coaches don't watch the games anyway. They, they're talking to other coaches and on their phones and all kind of stuff, but that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so me being able to work with NBA draft.net initially and get access to these events with my media credentials, it allowed me to meet, um, a lot of assistant coaches, a lot of head coaches, a lot of AAU coaches, and I built relationships. Uh, and I did that for like five or six years before, maybe seven years before I started um, my service. Um, so I had relationships already going into me starting my service. So I kind of had a leg up on, on on other people. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. So, Makes a bunch of sense. So in, um, you, you've been around the game for a long time. You and I are probably mm-hmm. around the same age. So, and I like to say, you know, I, I got four decades of experience watching the NBA. I've been, you know, watching since the 80s. And I'm not going to lie, it's it's difficult for me to watch, you know, mm-hmm. uh, modern basketball. Take that how you take it. But, um, you know, we've both been around the game for a long time, you know, first as a fan and now you doing what you do. Tell me, uh, where are you on this on the state of the game currently? I know that's kind of a broad question, but what's your overall feeling about it? And we'll get into some more specifics later. Um, it, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 um, I enjoy the, the, you know, guys' ability to shoot the ball. I, I enjoy the freedom of movement aspect of it. Because, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, let's be honest, I hated the late 90s where, where they were playing 78, 75 games. Like, like kind of miss college. that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I miss it. Well, I mean, at, at the time, um, at the time, you know, we didn't know any better because that's how the game was played. Um, but I, I think that, you know, they don't have to be 140 to 130 games. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of enjoy somewhere in the middle. You know, we could play, mm-hmm. you know, one 110 to 105, something like that. Um, so from that aspect, I like it. The the aspects that I hate about it is that the league is just completely. I mean, it's 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 charm and soft now. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't you can't you can't touch a guy. Um, any little thing, they got to review it to see if it was a flagrant one or flagrant mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Um, guys flopping all over the place, and it's mm-hmm. just like you know, I, I'm I'm just at a point where it it, it gets 
you know, hard to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you know, th- there are parts of me that yearn for the for because to me, I think the nineties were the go- was the golden era of a uh, basketball. Yep. Even though, even though the late the late nineties, uh, you know, a couple of years ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine when when the when the scoring had gone down a little bit. Agreed. Kinda, Agreed. It was kind of hard to watch, but overall. I think that the the nineties are probably the golden era of basketball, in my opinion, since I've since I've been on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um and so I kind of some part part of me yearns for that. Part of me also yearns for even going to the college game. Um I remember when the pandemic started, um, and there was no sports on TV. So I would pull up old um uh, college games on YouTube. So I just happened one night I pulled up a game from nineteen eighty eight between uh Syracuse and Michigan. Mm. And eight of the 10 starters in that game played in the league 10 plus years, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to see 80, that no more. 88. Uh, eight, so who, who, eight. who's, who? So Michigan's whole entire starting five will play in the league 10 plus Ramil, years. We're talking about get, get, Gary Grant, Gary Grant, Ramil Robinson, Lloyd Vaught, Terry okay. Neal. Glenn Rice. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Syracuse had Derek Derek Coleman, Coleman. Mm-hmm. and uh, Rodney Cycling. Was, 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 had Billy Owens already? Wait, Billy. No, he 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 came the next. He was he was a senior. That was his senior year in high school. So he was coming the next year. There we go. He was. Um, uh, I I bumped into him. I bumped into him two years ago. He was at a. His school was playing against my my son's school. His son's school was playing against my son's school. Uh, Billy Owens, a big dude. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, was, big, I, I I was a huge Billy Owens fan. Same so here. I, same here. I'm a, I'm a lefty. I'm a lefty. Oh, Save him. Uh, everything I'm a, I'm a everything but a jumper. I, I was a DC Coleman guy too, guy. of course. I yeah. lo- I, well, you know, I, I was a Syracuse fan in general. So, mm. um, you know, I always thought, and I still I tell people to this day, Derek Cohen's probably the most talented power forward we've had coming no to question. the last Hands years. Down. Hands um, down. And and he just never he never got to that to the to the mm-hmm. level that his talent suggested he should have. Mm-hmm. I agree. They he came too easy. Came too, it easy came too for easy for him. They talking mm-hmm. about Anthony Davis, and, and don't get me wrong, AD nah. is a great player, man. But but Derek Coleman was 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 special. AD's a tall three. AD's yeah, a, he's a, special. He's, he's Derek Coleman on the other end was an, was an official power forward, certified yeah. power forward with, with a complete with, skill set. With a on complete both sides skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. But um, before and, we before we I, I was going to say going back down memory lane here. Go ahead, Andy. Go for it. No, no, I was going to say, I I've, I was a Nets fan. I, I'm, I've been a Nets fan since 80, 88, 87. Yeah. Um, so I was – those are my teams, right? <laughs> you know, watching – you know, drafting D.C., drafting D.C. and watching him play with Kenny Anderson. It drives in, of course, right, um, right. you know, you know, Tate George, um, you know, uh, um, Sam, uh, Sam uh, Bowie, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are those are my squads. And I was, all, of, of course, being from New York, I was a absolute Syracuse fan. Right. But um, yeah. So uh, getting back to it, uh, Ian, oh, what do you think is is the major reason for the drastic change in the way the game of basketball is played today versus how it was played yesterday, like we were just talking about? Um, the European influence. I mean, when when the European guys start coming into the league, you had bigs that that could shoot the three ball. Um, you know, if you remember, in I think it was eighty eight, the eighty eight Olympics. Um, our Sabonis a bonus was, mm-hmm. was a monster. Yes. Uh, our bigs, David Robinson and the other bigs we had on the 88 roster, man, they, they could, they couldn't see our at all. He was seven, mm-hmm. three, 
Mm-hmm. He was 7'3". He can score with his back to the basket. He was a great passer. Mm-hmm. He could step out and shoot the ball. Um, and then you start seeing more and more guys coming from 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 Europe that could mm-hmm. that had that type of skill set. Yeah, and that's and yeah, Lottie, that looks Dino Raja guys could could do some things like mm-hmm. that. So it got to a point where it, 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 Tony is a prime example. So mm-hmm. it, it got to a point where, um, you know, it's a copycat league. And so you yep. see a left hand, you see a left-handed guy that's 16, 6, 11, like Tony Kukoc, that could do all the stuff he could do. Every team around the league is saying, hey, I want one of those guys. So yep. where, do, where do we find them? So let's start putting more resources into sending our scouts overseas to try to find some of these guys. And uh, now teams have full international scouting departments, you know. So um, I think that was the that, that was the genesis of, 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 you know, why we see the game the way it is now. Um, and, and, and the 92 dream team, you know, kind of ushered that along um, because the game, it kind of went, it was starting to get, get global. Mm-hmm. But when the dream team did what they did in Barcelona mm-hmm. in 92, it took it to um, another yep. level. Um, yep. Drop the seeds. Yep. Yeah. Drop the seeds and the seeds were planted. And now, now, now they're hatching now. So that's kind of where we are today. Um, For me, I, I think that's a great point. I also think that maybe it's gone too far. I remember last year hearing Luka Doncic say it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in Europe, which I found like if you're in the NBA, you should be insulted by that. Not because Luka can't play, but because if you look at it, like we just talked about Tony Kukoc or we talked about uh, Drazen Petrovic and, and all these guys. And realistically, Kukoc was Luka before Luka. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Drazen Petrovic was Luka before Tony Kukoc, you know, mm-hmm. you had amazing European players, like you just said, and these guys came over here, but they weren't just walking in, getting busy out of the gate. They had to figure out how to navigate the NBA. And now to see yeah. guys coming in from Europe and they're just dominating right away. I don't know if, if I'm an American player and if I'm the NBA, I'm kind of insulted by that because this is but, supposed to be the best league <clears throat> in the world. But you got it. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Andy. I was gonna say, Bruce, you gotta, you gotta. So as a coach, right? Mm-hmm. I will tell you, especially when we're playing younger kids, younger white kids, we know they're gonna outskill us. You got a handful of black kids whose parents will say, "Okay, yo, you know what? We gotta focus on the fundamentals." But eight times out of ten, white kids are gonna outskill us because at the end of the day, they don't have the athleticism to, to rely upon. Right. So so they have to find a way like a la Steve Nash. They got to find a way to be to, to how to impact the game mm-hmm. based on their physical limitations. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a and not not to disrespect D.C., but as opposed to a D.C. who is everything comes natural. Right. I can just mm-hmm. I can wake up and put 25 points up, 25, 10, at, 10 up. So now when my athleticism goes, now those challenges. Now I don't have the same advantages as I once had. When you look at a Luca. Luca can't jump over and he can't jump over a telephone book. Mm-hmm. But when you watch his positioning, you watch mm-hmm. how he drops his shoulders, mm-hmm. you watch how the space that he, he that he takes with his with his footwork. I'll be looking at him like, okay, somebody, this dude really spent time in the lab, right? No, this he, guy he, really No, he he his his footwork, his his the way, like you said, the way he positions his body. Um, if you notice every time, you know, every pick and roll, he snakes it. You know, he yep. gets a defend, he gets a defender on his back. Yep. 
Um, yep. and, and, and he keeps him there until he when he's crafty. He knows how to accelerate, decelerate. Yep. You know, change speeds on you. He he's really really good at doing that type of thing because he knows Textbook. that he he's not gonna blow past anybody. He knows mm-hmm. he's not gonna outjump anybody. Exactly. So he has to he has to figure out other ways to get things done, and, and, and it's kind of reminiscent of how Larry Bird played back in the day. Um, oh, and and, and and the thing that really kills me about this, this newer generation, they're of this mindset that. Well, Larry Bird couldn't play today, and I'm like, "Have you seen Luka Doncic? You, man, you out your I mind? Mean, can, have you seen Luka? I mean, Luka <laughs> has no athleticism, and he's dominating today's NBA. So you trying to tell mm-hmm. me Larry couldn't do the same thing? All right. Um, so you know, it's the recency bias I think a lot of these young guys have, and then you know, another and, and uh, another thing that bothers me is that they act like the Euro step was invented by Mino Ginobili, where <laughs> yeah. me growing up, me growing up in Oakland, you know, watching Golden State all my life. Sharunas Marcelona. Sharunas Marcelona. Way back in the, in, the, in the late 80s, early 90s, right. he was doing the Euro Yes, sir. Thing, but, you know, but everybody thinks that, that Manu Ginobili invented this move. And it's just like this move has been around for for, for, for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcelona so, was that deal, too. He yeah, was that it's, deal. It's, a, it's just a lot of recency bias going on. A lot of these young kids, man, they think basketball started in 2003. Right. LeBron came in the league. And it's just like, man, look, people was playing basketball before LeBron. Right. They'll be playing basketball after LeBron. Right. Um, so that's kind of that's that's kind of where we are right now. Okay. So uh, Bruce, Bruce, you're yeah, gonna allow me to you're gonna allow me to go with that one or what? That that one you gonna let me have that? Have <laughs> <laughs> what, Andy? What are your thoughts on? <laughs> I was gonna say what are your thoughts on LeBron, but I've already heard him. <laughs> nah, we get already. We no, I've already heard that road right now. I, I have already heard him. Right. So <laughs> keep it, keep it, at, keep it at a hundred with you. I might have been last week where you were going back and forth with I think the dude's name was Prezi. I don't know what the dude's name was. Yeah, probably and, Prezi. And I was like, okay, I started raising my hand. I was like, yo, I, I've been quiet too long. Let me get on and get at this dude. And then I didn't get ringed in, right? But I was like, I said, you know what? It's probably for the better because I'd have gotten myself in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but, yeah. but it, 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 we we can get into that. Bruce, go ahead, man. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Um, so this this next question is kind of right up your uh your alley in. And um, you know, as a scout, I, I think it's so interesting that um there's such a, a, a huge change in the way that the modern player is evaluated. And do you feel like there's been a big change in that? Because I'm a journalist. And from what I see from my end, and even Andy, who's not a journalist, but, you know, just someone who is a, a lifelong basketball enthusiast, we both kind of agree that the modern player is evaluated so much more with a focus on statistics without context versus their actual skill set. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I've heard people say that um, what's uh, uh, Anthony Davis is better than Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, come on. Let's. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I, I get it. If you if you didn't see a lot of these guys play that that people my age will reference, that's cool. But still, you know, the, the default seems to go, OK, well, they average this or they average that. So why do you what? First, do you think that there's been a huge change in the way that modern players are evaluated? And if so, why is that? And why are stats so much more important than actual skill set now? Um, you got a bunch of um, – I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct when I say don't, that. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't. <laughs> you, 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 you have a bunch of computer geeks – computer nerds that mm-hmm. are now G- GMs and, and hold high-ranking positions in, 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 on teams. 
Mm. And, and they're only they've never dribbled a basketball. They've never played a game of basketball. Their 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 skill that they bring to the table is that they can analyze numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything is so analytic driven today. Um, and and don't get me wrong, analytics does have a place mm-hmm. in the game, but it shouldn't be the end all be all. The eye test still should be the ultimate um, uh, deciding factor when you're trying to evaluate a player. You use, in my opinion, you should use analytics to validate what you see with your eyes. But your eye Good test point. should be the first. It should be the first. First Good thing point. that you that you the first thing that you go to when you're evaluating talent, the eye test should be the first thing that you use, and then you use analytics for secondary um, uh, purposes. But Agreed. that that's that's kind of where we are now. You got you know, and no no disrespect to Daryl Moore, but Daryl Moore doesn't have a background playing basketball. I mean, his resume has nothing basketball related on it. His resume is that he he he's a he's a he's a smart guy mm-hmm. who knows how to analyze data. Mm-hmm. And he has used that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gotten jobs in the NBA and he's, he's been a successful GM. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that we've gotten to a point now we got you got kids who coming out of college who, who intern with these teams who've never played basketball before. And they get these intern positions. And then a few years later, they work their way up. And next thing you know, they're an assistant GM. Um, then they're their they're player, their director, player personnel. And then, wow. you know, they become the GM, then their VP of basketball operations and so on and so forth mm-hmm. uh, without having put in the, the, the time in the gym. They haven't played the game. Uh, you know, they haven't really learned how to evaluate talent other than by looking at statistics. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that's 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 been a detriment to the game. So let me ask you this, and I'll use myself as an example. Right. Um, I have never in my life played organized basketball. Played a lot of pickup when I was younger. Um, I got cut from my high school team. They went on to win the championship, coincidentally. So that really sucked. I probably wouldn't have got no burn on that team anyway. But um, I, I was never, you know, I never played organized ball. But I like to think that I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm watching when it comes to basketball and basketball players. So I say that to say, I don't know that you necessarily had to have been a player to be able to, you know, have a modicum of understanding of the game or to be able to look and see things. I just, I'm just wondering, like it almost seems like an excuse. And then you even have people, and I hate to do this to my fellow media members, but you have people in the media who should know better, who've been watching the game for decades, you know, even longer than myself Mm -hmm. and yourself, Mm -hmm. but they're still carrying on, you know, with these fake narratives and buying into (laughs) numbers. So it's really weird. And I'm not going to say any names, but we all know, you know, some of who some of these people are. Well, and when I say they haven't played the game, you know, you said you, you, you never played organized basketball. I'm talking about not even pickup basketball. Mm -hmm. These dudes just, Mm. You know, basketball wasn't even in their, mm-hmm. you know, in their everyday life. You right. know, they, they just, you know, were fans of the game and like watching it and, and you know, sat up one day and said, well, you know, let me try to put these numbers in and, and see if I can analyze them and, right. and put them in, put some kind of formula, you know, behind them, some algorithms and, and, and see what I come up with. And they came mm-hmm. up with something. Um, and, and, it's, and it's propelled them to, the, to these, uh, these executive positions around the NBA. Mm-hmm. Your, your man Rick Buecher said your fellow journalist has actually said that he said he'll be at games and he's watching these dudes 
basically put an art put a, mm. a an article together mm. and they're not even watching they're not even watching the game. right they're just waiting yeah. for the game to be over they're looking at the scorecard but to 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 yeah, Ian's well, they, point what, what what they do they give them you know you get when you're a member of the media you get a stat sheet at halftime yeah you get one during you the tv a, you timeouts get a, you yeah, get a you stat sheet after the game ball. yeah okay yeah, you get a stat sheet after the game so they're basing it on that and rick buecher uh, you know, is a Bay Area writer. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been reading Rick Buecher for years. So he comes yep. to Golden State Warriors for, for right. you know, years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar, real familiar with Rick. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you Yeah, no, nah, nah, it's, it's, it's free-flowing convo, bro. No no worries. Um, What I was saying was, he was saying, you, these guys don't even watch the game. And I think what it is, Bruce, it's not that you not playing is one thing, but you have an understanding of the game. You got guys who don't even understand the game, right? They don't even care about the game, right? So, the way that the way the way that the NBA is right now is, and and you got to credit Adam Silver. Adam Silver realized not everybody but the purists are actually watching the game. But that mm-hmm. how many purists are there versus how many people right. that can actually be watching the game? Mm-hmm. So they they need they they market the game in in highlights and 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 stats for that market, for the guy who doesn't understand the game so he can be part of the conversation, right? So when you have these guys who will say, what are you talking about? LeBron is the greatest player of the game because he averaged X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. You're like, my man, okay, great numbers, but that doesn't make you the greatest player ever. But they Mm -hmm. can't conceptualize the game beyond those numbers because that's how it's been marketed to them, Mm -hmm. right? That's all they know. Well, you can't, can't, nobody can, if you can't tell me how to snake a pick and roll, if you can't tell me how to ice a pick and roll. If you can't tell me what a dunker spot is on the floor, um, you can't really talk basketball with me. Mm. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know, because I know your your basic knowledge of the game. You don't have it, so there's really no point. The only thing you can do is tell me, give me some numbers. I can go look up some numbers myself. Anybody there you go. Do that. You go to Basketball go. Reference. You go to Basketball Reference. They got all the numbers you want to have. Mm. So. You know, that's what these guys do, man. And I get in the conversations all the time, when I, which I shouldn't do, on social media, <laughs> on Twitter. Right. Same here. That don't, don't know nothing about basketball, yeah. man. And I, and, I, and I get caught up in that. I, I, I get in that death sp- spiral with these dudes, man. And <laughs> about, after after 30 minutes, I'm asking myself, why in the hell did I even wait? I, I, I don't wait yeah. 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. I, I can't get back now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be- because, because at the end of the day, like, uh, it's funny, right? I've had the LeBron conversation, the LeBron Jordan conversation, which, in my opinion, doesn't you even exist. You had to exist. do it, didn't you, Andy? Yeah, yeah, I was going there, homie. <laughs> um, but, but, but I, I always tell people like that's not even a real conversation, right? That's not no. even a real comparison. I was like, you ever seen Michael Jordan play? And, oh, people, oh, we, uh, forget about the six rings. I was like, I'm not even. I don't even mention stats. I said, right. I've watched Michael Jordan bust people's asses. Right. <laughs> I mean, literally bust people's right. ass. I said. I've watched it. I was a fan of LeBron till 2010. And from I started to recognize, yeah, I, wait a minute. I already, I already know you're going with it. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't really see this dude busting nobody's ass. I was like, yo, this dude got a lot of I watch other I watch him run from matchups offensively and defensively. And I'm like, how are you comparing this dude to that dude? Because Mike, Mike, you gotta convince Mike to pass out of a double team. Cause he gonna kill that double team, right? You gotta <laughs> right. convince you gotta right. convince him to pass the ball to somebody. Versus LeBron can't wait to pass the ball to somebody, right? So I said that's because he's making listen, the right basketball play, Andy. Listen, here's the thing, right? But it's not that he's not a great player. Mm-hmm. He's not at that caliber, correct? Right? He's not. He's not. 
he's not Larry Bird, right? No. He's not in that caliber. I even tell people, I said this the other day to somebody and they lost their mind. I said, skill for skill, give me Grant Hill over, over, over LeBron James. Cause I watched, I watched Grant Hill get busy before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand Grant Hill, right? He was a Duke yeah. player. I hated all Duke players. I remember that cat going crazy on the Chicago Bulls. I was like, would somebody shoot this dude? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah, the only thing Grant, you know, I would say that Grant wasn't a great long range shooter. He wasn't a shooter, but he, um, he did, did he need he it did. though. And he didn't, he wasn't the facilitator that LeBron is, but, but I think that, you know, uh, see, this is what I tell people about LeBron. And I don't know if you may have been in the rooms on clubhouse when I, when I broken his game down, um, he has, he's a great physical specimen Correct. with a, ve- with a very good skill set. It's not a great skill set. It's, it's, it's really good. And when you combine a guy that has a really good skill set with a great physical attributes like he has, you're going to get a great player. Um, because I don't think anybody in their right mind would say he's more skilled than KD. I don't think anybody in their right mind would say he was more skilled than Kobe or more skilled than MJ. There's a lot but of people that say that. Trust I know me. they will. I know they will, but that's, you know, whatever. But right. when, when his physical prowess um, allows him to do things that the average person can't do because he's so big, so strong, and so dynamic athletically. I, th- and, I think, let me you interrupt know, you real quick. I think it's uh-huh. a combination of physical prowess and uh, general lack of defensive physicality and lack of uh, bigs and rim protection in today's yeah. game. But go ahead. Right, right. And and that's 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 a part of it too because there aren't as many bigs in the league today. Um, mm-hmm. The league is da- has downsized somewhat. Um, and even if... Even if you statistically you can say that well, it's not having downsized that much, which may be true, but they're not playing inside anymore. Those bigs are playing yeah. guard are guarding yeah. other bigs that are that are lifting them past the free throw line up to the yep. point line. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're not clog they're not clogging the lane like they were back in the yep. night. So when yep. he goes when he goes to the lane, there may be you know Draymond may be down there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just a different game. It's a different area. And that's why I don't even like talking about this because you it's hard right. to compare errors right but I, I i i would say that skill for skill you know there are a few guys that i would take over lebron from a skill just a pure skill set standpoint um lebron like i said his physical abilities will allow him to to do some more things physically mm-hmm. that other guys probably couldn't do mm-hmm. but from a skill set standpoint there there are a few guys i would take over him and again that's not a knock against him I, he he is an all-time great player Mm-hmm. That's not saying he isn't, mm-hmm. but when you say that, that there are some guys who are more skilled than him. Anything that, anything besides LeBron's the greatest person to ever touch a basketball, right? Yeah, people go crazy. Yeah, go crazy. Yeah, yeah, and and, it, and it's got to a point now where it's ridiculous, man. The rooms that 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 Andy's been in, we had a conversation uh, maybe three weeks ago, maybe a month ago about, and the topic was the top five uh, UNC versus Duke pros. We had Sam Perkins in the room, right? Did you? Yeah. Uh, he went to my high yeah. school. He went to he yeah. went to Tilden High School. Yeah, really? we had Sam Perkins in the room, uh, and we've had some great rooms, man. We had Rod Strickland in last. I week. was there. I was um, there. Um, you know, Rod is my dude, and I'm you know I had him in. You know, we've had uh, we had Bill Russell's daughter. Um, oh wow. Yeah, so we've had some guys come to J.R. Smith. Quinn Cook comes in a lot. Jared Jeffries comes in a lot. Cedric Sabalos anyway, was on, on, Cedric, on one Cedric, that I left. Yeah. That was real good, too. Yeah, Cedric has been on a couple times. So um, so we're talking about UNC and Duke pros. And last I checked, LeBron didn't, didn't go to UNC or Duke. But somehow, <laughs> somehow the conversation got shifted. 
LeBron. <laughs> and it's like we can't have a conversation without if we talking about cereal. Somebody goes, man, you know who you know who, what, what 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 LeBron's favorite cereal is, and it's like, man, come on, man. You know, it's, it's just like it's 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 gotten to a point man, where it's redundant yeah. and it's getting it's getting tired. Right, right. So, uh, so let's with that said, let's move on from LeBron a little bit. Um, there's a narrative, and this is something that Andy and I talk about a lot. I talk about it with my other buddies, and something I really pay attention to, and it drives me nuts. There's a narrative among current uh, fans and and basketball media that today's basketball player is more skilled than at any other time in the past. Where are you on that? Um, certain positions are skilled. I think bigs are probably more skilled than they were. Um, you know, you didn't have bigs stepping out shooting the three ball like they are now. Um, you didn't see a lot of guys like Nikola Jokic that could, that could kind of do some of the things he can. I think in certain positions it's true. Um, also, but I also think that you know, things evolve like anything else. Um, and guys do what is necessary for them to do in the era that they played. Um, in Jordan's heyday, they, they the, the three ball wasn't as emphasized as it, mm-hmm. as it is now. Right. But you can't you can't tell me that if Jordan wasn't was playing in today's era, he wouldn't lock himself in the gym and 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 become a proficient three ball shooter. Thirty eight percent, I can see that easily. You can't tell me that. I mean, mm-hmm. his his form his form was 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 textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just be a matter of him getting the reps up, you know, in the off season. And, and 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 being able to implement that to his game, but mm-hmm. you got I had one dude tell me once before, man, I, and I, I it took everything I had not to cuss him out, but <laughs> he told me that if, if MJ played today, he'd be another Demar Derozan, and I, I just I, I heard I, that I, that I dude don't know the sport, he don't know I could, the sport. I, I couldn't believe it. I heard because, that. You know, I think I saw it on it, Twitter. Yeah, he said it was on Twitter. He he couldn't shoot the three. He couldn't shoot the three balls. Not that he couldn't shoot the three ball. It just wasn't a, a requirement back in the in, in, in mm-hmm. the eighties and the nineties that guys weren't focused on shooting three ball. Um, so you know, guys would have adapted to today's standard if they were playing today, uh, and I, and I truly believe that. So, I mean, I guess you can you can say to a degree they are more skilled. But that's also because they've been exposed to more and, and, and things evolve, you know, over time. So I totally disagree with the take that today's players are more skilled because I look at it and I see where they are deficient in so many areas. And just because on the whole, the NBA and this is what I assume that people take from more skilled is that the NBA on the on average shoots 36 percent from three. Right. I get it. Right. Everyone is shooting more threes. That doesn't make you more skilled because those same bigs that you were referring to that can step out and knock down the three, those same bigs can't go on the block, go over left shoulder, go over right shoulder, get an up and under and score and one. You give them the ball down there, they have no idea what to do. The point guards today who are supposed to be so much better can't make a post-entry pass. So the mid-range is gone. There's no way you could tell me if you took a player like uh, you're you're a guy who came up in the Bay, Mitch Richmond. If you took Mitch Richmond, run TMC or Sacramento Mitch Richmond, and you you dropped him in today's NBA, you're telling me this dude wouldn't average 30? Yeah. He could shoot the mid-range. He could shoot the three. He could make his free throws. Um, and, 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 he had, yeah. and he had a back-to-the-basket game. Correct. You take a guy like Reggie Miller, one of the greatest shooters of all time, and give him the type of green light that shooters have today to shoot 10 and 12 three-point attempts in a game, 
Are you kidding me? So this ten, whole ten, premise that ten, today's players are more skilled. Nah, I'm not buying it. Ten, there's ten or twelve. These dudes shooting 18, 23 a game. Exactly. Yeah, so, right. So I'm talking about one player. Players. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. In my opinion, there's a lot of players you could drop in today's NBA from the 80s and 90s who would get busy. And, right. and most of those guys are better men on defenders because back then they were forced to defend. But I wouldn't even was, I wouldn't even go as far as these stars. I would say put Eddie Jones in today's Come league. Elevator man. Eddie Correct. Jones is getting busy. Well, yeah. well, the problem is this. The problem uh-huh. is this. You 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 know, obviously we there was a more physical era where you had to, you can hand check dudes. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think people understand how difficult it is to maneuver and and try to get around somebody who 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 is hand checking you. Mm-hmm. Uh it is it is it's hard, especially if you're right. not strong enough. You grew enough. up with that, right? Yeah, especially if you're not strong enough to 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 be able to with Understand that. Mm-hmm. So now you're in an era where can't nobody put a hand on you. You got a free freedom of movement where you you're not restricted mm-hmm. the way guys were restricted um, back then. And you bring up guys like Mitch Richmond. Um, you know, like you said, Mitch. The only thing Mitch wasn't great at, Mitch wasn't a great ball handler. But as far as in terms of putting mm-hmm. the ball in the hole, Mitch could put the mm-hmm. ball in the hole with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he could do it at all three levels. Mm-hmm. Um, guys today is either is either to the bucket or it's deep or it's from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and the bigs we're talking about who can who can step out like Jokic, Jokic is terrible defensively. He's not yep. a great he's not he's not a great rebounder. He brings you nothing on the shot blocking from the shot blocking aspect of the game. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So there there are some some they're more offensively skilled, and to some degree, but basketball you you got to play both ends of the floor. And so there are other areas like you said that they lack in. That they may have have gotten better at, but it's yeah. been to the detriment. It's been to the detriment of the rest of their agreed uh, of the of the skill set required to be to be a great player in this league. And agreed. again, we, we go back to Derek Coleman. There was really literally nothing on the basketball court Derek couldn't do. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first bigs to step out and shoot, be able to shoot the three ball. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he could also he could also play with his back to the basket and score down on the box. Mm-hmm. Derek was a when he wanted to be Derek was a great rebounder. If you mm-hmm. remember his freshman year against uh, Indiana, when he rebounds had, in that championship, nineteen rebounds. Yeah. So and and there were nights in the league where he would get you 15, 20 rebounds just just because he was a great. He's just instinctively he was just a great rebounder, mm-hmm. and and he had the advantage of being left handed on top of that. Correct. So um, you know it, it it just you know again it's recency bias. I think that we got guys on TV like Nick Wright. Who you know? It's just I didn't like, want to man, say any names. On. You know, and it's just like, man, come on, man. But I didn't you know, want to say it, any it, names. Thank it you. It is what it is. We got we got Skip Bayless out here. I mean, it is what it is, man. And and those are the people. And and people, casual fans, think that they're somewhat experts on the game because they're on this national platform. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And really not understanding this dude don't know no more about basketball than you do as mm-hmm. a casual Agreed. fan. So that's you know again that's that's kind of you know, the state of, of the game right now, and that's where it is. Got Agreed. You, got you. Agreed across the board. So I, so now let's um kind of shift a little bit to a different aspect of today's game that's so different. Where are you on the so-called uh, player empowerment era that LeBron James has ushered in? W- what do you think about that? Um, that's a nice, acute term. You know, um, <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is, man. You know, you, 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 uh, you, you, so Shannon Sharp was on the other day and I, I got a lot of respect for Shannon Sharp. I do. I watched his career. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when he played in the NFL, you know, I hated him because, you know, he was a, he played with the Denver Broncos. I'm a Daha, I'm a Daha Raider fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they're in our division. We had to see him twice a year. Um, but this LeBron, you know, his constant LeBron, Goat James, things like, man, come on, man, just this every day. With that. He's another dude, man. They could be talking about basketball in general on on, on Undisputed, and he's going to throw LeBron in the conversation some kind of way. So he says the other day, that Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin coming to New Jersey is 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 mainly that. because they they scared of LeBron and they got a team up it. to beat him and mm-hmm. Golden State had the team up to beat him and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And what people are failing to realize is that he teamed up with D Wade and Chris Bosh to beat Boston mm-hmm. because he couldn't he couldn't get past Boston. I mean, hell, they couldn't even get he couldn't get past Orlando, Dwight Howard, and Orlando mm-hmm. in in two thousand nine. But you know, Boston was really the, the 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 nemesis that he that he couldn't beat, um, and he and, you know with the you know as he as his his roster was 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 presently uh, constructed in Cleveland, and he they and won sixty two games. Yeah, they well the year before that they won sixty six and lost lost to Orlando in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say that the roster wasn't great, you know what have you, but they were good enough to win sixty six games. Mm-hmm. And this narrative that he makes everybody better, well, he should have been able to elevate those guys um, to to beat an Orlando team that wasn't a great team by any stretch of the imagination. But hey, you know, hey, Bruce, you... pardon the interruption, Bruce. He's an <laughs> official family member. It's so I, I, I'm making an executive decision. Ian is an official family member going forward. <laughs> but but well, I appreciate that, man. He's uh, telling the truth. But, That's but, all that but is. They 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 want to have this narrative both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he didn't have enough to beat. You know, uh, Boston, he didn't have enough to beat such and such. Mm-hmm. But then they'll knock MJ for getting swept by the 86 Celtics, who some people still consider the greatest team of all time. Right. You know what I mean? He didn't have no help. But you expected him to elevate that those Chicago Bulls rosters that were terrible, that were probably mm-hmm. worse than any team LeBron ever played on. Correct. Correct. Um, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you, you can't have it both ways. But um, – you know, it, it it it's this player empowerment thing. You know, it's just it's just a a a politically correct way to say that guys are are not um, willing to um, stay stay in it for the long haul. Right. And and that's not there's nothing wrong with that because that's the culture we live in today. That's what that's mm-hmm. what it is. Le, LeBron started it in 2010. Um, KD kind of kind of perfected it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the KD narrative, I think, is is, is a little uh, overblown and a little false because, you know, me living in the Bay Area, um, there was Golden. We everybody knew that Golden State was going after KD long before they won seventy three games that year, and long before they they beat, excuse me, long before they beat OKC in the Western Conference Finals that year. Um, it, it was a foregone conclusion they were they were going after KD probably like two years before that. Um, so it, it wasn't a surprise. They didn't go after him because they lost to Cleveland and they realized they couldn't beat LeBron if well, they had won that. That doesn't fit the narrative. How are you out here telling the, the truth? It doesn't fit. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fit the narrative, man. Right. And, and, you know, again, me being, you know, as connected as I am throughout the league and, mm-hmm. you know, knowing, knowing people and talking to people, whether it be media people, whether it be, you know, GM, scouts, mm-hmm. coaches, players, um, you know, they were, you know, they were, they were going after KD regardless. And this notion mm-hmm. that, Draymond went crying to him in the in the parking lot after they lost Game Seven. Draymond had been recruiting him all season. Mm-hmm. It, that, that, this this none of this was was spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there were some business uh, implications, 
with that as well with, mm-hmm. with, with Nike and all that, but I'm not going to get all into that, but um, you know, it's a lot of stuff that, that, that went into that. Um, so, you know, but, but whenever, and then just last year, LeBron was trying to get AD and Kawhi mm-hmm. to come to LA to play with him. Mm-hmm. So, but, but we, people keep, people kind of gloss over that. Um, but when somebody else wants to try to load up, mm-hmm. you know, they're, 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 they're afraid of LeBron and it's just right. like, look, man, you can't, you can't have it both ways. It, mm-hmm. it, either it is or it isn't. Ne- never mind the fact that he uh, he used the influence of his sports agency to airlift uh, AD out of out of his franchise and put him on his on his on onto the Lakers. I, I right. tell people I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, man. I, first and foremost, right when I when we used to play in the park, right? You got your squad. Let's just say you picked the wrong dudes, and y'all getting killed. And, uh-huh. yo, and of course, somebody's going to say, yo, you want to mix it up to make it more fair? Nah, we ain't mixing up and making more fair. This is the squad we came with. This is how it's going to go down. When I, this is in 2010, when I stopped being a LeBron fan is when I realized, because I used to watch and I could never tell what is, why, what is missing that he can't get to the next step. You realize this dude, and listen, it's not me taking a personal shot at him. I don't think he believes in himself. I don't think he believes that he has what it takes to shut these things, shut, shut to, to close the deal, which is why, okay, let me load my roster up to make sure I ain't never got to deal with a double team. I don't ever have to worry about being the last guy closing this thing out. Worst case scenario, somebody else is going to take the blame in the event that this thing goes, goes sour, right? Passing mm-hmm. the ball to Kyle Corver down the stretch of a game when it, Kyle Corver ain't touched, the, ain't touched the ball in 10 minutes, right? But it's... I say all that to say this, the way the way that the whole the, the way that the way that the game is now, it's like it's almost like we've now gone away from the competitive aspect. These dudes ain't compete. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no personal. There's nothing personal. Right. Kawhi come in there talking about, oh, I'm taking over your city and you ain't even try to go see him like I right, my dude. I see that commercial. Do me a favor. Play that commercial for me now. I'm going to be lighting you up all night long. Play mm-hmm. that commercial for me now. These dudes don't take it personal. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. everything for them is, OK, I'm going to find me a switch. I'm going to find a way to not I'm going to find a way to be a six, eight guy, two sixty, having a six two point guard guard me in the post. And I'm going to turn around and and, and score. And then the people go, wow, look how dominant he is. You see how small the guy is he's scoring on? Meanwhile, there's a the guy who you should be matched up is on the other side of the court because of some switch. These guys don't mm-hmm. play to compete anymore. Right. So loading up a team. Right. And I'm listen, I'm a I'm a Bruce, you know how I get down. I'm a Nets fan, but I wasn't really crazy about all these dudes showing up on my squad. I was OK mm-hmm. with what we had before. Right. Right. Um, but now it's at the same time, though, if you don't load up like everybody else is loading up, you yeah. die and you die in a slow death. Yeah. Well, KD came to that realization. You know, he wasn't going to win a championship in OKC. Mm-hmm. The way that roster was put together, yep. um, him and Russ didn't compliment each other well. Um, and, and he said that, he, you know, and he said this out of his own mouth, which I, I realized before he said it. He was the only guy on that team that could make jump shots consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you remember that series, the 2016 Western Conference Finals, when they had Golden State down 3-1. Mm-hmm. What Golden State started doing late in games is that there, first of all, Oklahoma City had no ball movement, no player movement. They would they would get the ball to KD, ISO him on a wing, and they would stand around and watch. And what Golden State would do, they would just load up. They would have his primary defender, and they would have two defenders behind. And they were loading up. Everybody else from OKC is around the perimeter just standing and watching, and it forced KD to take a lot of bad shots. 
um, he got tired of playing that way. He got he started he saw that Golden State played the right way. They enjoyed doing it, and mm-hmm. that's what he wanted to be a part of. Yep. And you know, yeah, you know, they had won a championship prior to that. Yes, they won seventy three games uh, that season, but at the end of the day, they didn't win a title. So I don't care if they went 82 and 0. At the end of the day, they didn't win it. Mm-hmm. So this notion that, oh, well, he jumped on a bandwagon, okay, you can say that if you want to, but he realized that, look, LeBron loaded up. I got to load up if I yep. want to get to that level. If I want to be regarded in the same, you know, uh, if I want to be spoken in the same sentence as LeBron James, I got to load up because you hit me with a six shooter. And I got, you know, I got a little baby pistol with me, and it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to. I'm not gonna be able to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he did what he had to do. But you know, the fact, the notion that LeBron didn't start all this is 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 crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is, man. I mean, you know, that that's the league today that we that that that, that we watching. And it is what it is. That's how you. That's how you got to compete these days. So, so for me, I feel like you know, one, the term player empowerment, I think is ridiculous on its face because. Every player is not empowered, right? And and then right. secondly, the idea that LeBron ushered that in because he wanted players to have more power and see that they could do for themselves yeah. what teams he were won, doing. He won, have he won do. thing about he won thing exactly. about the players. He won thing about LeBron. <laughs> exactly, right? So there's that. And really, only the top maybe 1% or 2% of the league can get away with the kind of moves that certain guys are making, this quote-unquote player empowerment type moves. And number two, I think really it's more about the modern player, as Andy said, not wanting to compete and wanting titles the easy way. And I say that because well, I heard Don well, Wilkins. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me say this. Um, I won't go as far as say they don't want to compete. I, LeBron is competitive. You have to be competitive to be as great as he is. But is he is it life or death for him like it was MJ or Kobe or something? And that's what like I was that. about to say. Right. Mike no, it's, Kobe, it's, it's Isaiah not. Thomas, Magic Bird. It's not for him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not. And, but again, you gotta be competitive to be as great as he is to, okay. to, an, to a degree. Fair but enough. he it's not, it's not, it's not, he don't live, eat, drink, sleep, mm-hmm. you know, winning like MJ or Kobe or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird, Magic, Isaiah did. Mm-hmm. It ain't personal. Right. It isn't personal. Right. I mean, right. yeah, like I heard um, Dominique Wilkins say in 1988, he was going into free agency and they were talking about it and he could have gone to the Knicks, hooked up with Patrick Ewing and played there and really, you know, had a real good shot at getting a chip, right? I can't even imagine what that would have been. That would have been crazy. But anyway, but he said, yo, I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to join him. I wanted to beat guys, not team up with them. And I just have to be satisfied with the fact that I was never able to get that done. And so I think, and don't get me wrong, I think the media and the fans and, you know, basically, quote unquote, ring culture is a big part now of why guys can't take, you know, take the proverbial pressure of not winning. But at the same time, like, like you said, those, those greats that we're comparing a lot of these guys to now, I heard I heard somebody say Isaiah Thomas would cut out your heart to win a basketball game. We know we've heard the stories about Michael Jordan. We know about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. You know, the, the, the story saying that at Lakers practices, if Magic's team lost in the scrimmage, practice wasn't over until his team won. Like, right. I don't know that there's very many dudes in the league like that anymore. And I don't know if it's generational. I don't know if it's AAU. I don't know what it is. So let me let me tell you a quick story about that. So please do. Um, <laughs> we like stories over here. My um, so my brother-in-law, 
mm. um, was played high school ball. He's from okay. Chicago. So he played high school ball uh, under uh, Steve, Steve Fisher, who, you know, was the head coach of Fat Five mm-hmm. and, and, and at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. He played for Coach Fisher and his backcourt mate was Craig Hodges. Oh, So he and Craig wow. grew up together. Craig, Craig was actually in him and my sister's wedding. Okay. So okay. that was in that, that was in 1994. So I've known Craig since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were in Detroit. Getting, they were in one of those playoff series when Chicago and Detroit playoff series. Mm-hmm. And B.J. Armstrong, if you don't know, he's from Detroit. And so I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't know that either. B.J. did an interview for the local paper where he was saying that Isaiah was his idol growing up. This, that, and third. Mm-hmm. Craig told me, man. He said when they the next day or that morning when they read that in the paper. They 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 him BJ up and said BJ, you can't. Right. He said, man, don't you understand, man, that Isaiah will put a knife to your mama's throat to win this, to win this series, man. Exactly. You can't you can't be saying stuff like this in the newspaper, man. About mm-hmm. the dude we get ready to compete against. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that was the that was the mentality with mm-hmm. those dudes back then. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that anymore. Right, and so Agreed. it's just a different it's a different era that we just living in. We just, and there's really nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. We just got to accept it. You know, we can we can cringe and, and complain about it, but these dudes are what they are today. Right, right. Fair but uh, Bruce, yeah, using man. using using Dominique as, as an example, right? That epic battle with Bird when 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 he did when he dropped. Wait, which one of them dropped forty seven? So Neek had forty seven. Bird had thirty four. But Bird had twenty in the fourth, and Neek had twelve. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so, yeah, I I, I, so well, <laughs> right? We, we know. Uh, we lost you, man. There you go. We lost I'm sorry, bro. Some, some somebody called me. Sorry about that. Uh, we know that um, those guys were competing against each other. This is what I, this is what I'm saying. These guys aren't competing against one another, right? These guys don't. The last dude that Kawhi does it. Kawhi'll do it. Um, but that was Kobe. Right. Where mm-hmm. it's like, listen, I'm taking on all comers, bro. Don't mm-hmm. like don't watch. Watch how you talk to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Watch how you talk about me. Right. Let, let's use the the and and I, the, this is just me pointing something out like that all star game when he decided he wanted to take on LeBron. Right. And basically shut LeBron down, cut all cut all of that out. Right. Cut every everything he was trying to do. He cut it off. LeBron didn't even say, okay, oh, no, we ain't doing that, right? You ain't showing me up on this national stage. These guys, those guys don't exist anymore, right? Those guys that take In LeBron's mind, it's just an all-star game. It ain't that. In Kobe's mind, it was at that particular time, it was life or death. Mm-hmm. He didn't care mm-hmm. if it was you all-star got, game. He didn't care you got shoes on. Game, I no got difference. shoes on. Right. It's time to get busy. But again, right. right, so this is where we are. So when you see – when you see guys th- these days who, who don't have a problem teaming up because they don't view anybody as opposition, right? Everybody, it, us winning this championship has doesn't have the same value as it did back then, right? That's why the MVP seems to be more important in the championship these days, right? Because these guys aren't necessarily out here competing against one another. I'm just going to outgun you. Right. I'm I'm going to I'm going to stack my squad. I'm going to have two starting lineups and then one guy is going to get one guy's going to get the credit if they win. And everybody else is going to be get the blame if they lose. Right. right. And then we're going to reshuffle the deck next year and get a bunch of other franchise players. That's where the league is right now versus, you know, to talk about your team, from, to talk about your team. Right. I respect the heck out of Curry. Right. Mm-hmm. Curry ain't with the shenanigans. Right. Mm-hmm. As as. One, you could see he's comp- he is co- he's a he's a competitor. 
Curry's a competitor. You can see it in his eyes. He's a competitor. But he also ain't on that, okay, listen, we're just going to sit here. We're going to sit here and do and, and do what everybody else is doing. Now, nah, we're going to this is my squad now. This is what we got. We will play what we got. If we can make an improvement, we'll make an improvement, and then we'll move on from there. I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, I'm going to sit out a season. I'm going to sit out a season because we ain't got no squad. Are we going to airlift somebody else from somebody else's franchise because we ain't got no squad? We're going to play what we got. It's competition. Mm, right. Well, well so, some would argue with you where they went out and got KD, so some would probably argue with you about that. But, right, you know, right. But, 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 but people, people seem to forget the core of that team was, was homegrown. Mm-hmm. You know those guys are drafted. That's what I always those, t- right like, drafted. You know, so um, so e- even to 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 that point, right? KD was a free agent on his way there anyway. Number one, number two, because I listened to your story talking about when he was there, when he was there scouting at that, uh, when he was uh, there a couple of years earlier at the NFL at the at the that same season, um, that same year they had played Golden State the night before the Super Bowl. And that year, the Super mm-hmm. Bowl was in Santa was in Santa Clara, which is mm-hmm. you know. 45, 50 minutes from Oakland. Um, so he stayed in the Bay Area. He was a guest photographer at the Super Bowl. Um, and that weekend, an article came out by my man Mark Spears, who you probably know from the undefeated. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. He wrote he wrote an article that said KD has done his due diligence on the Bay Area. This is six months, five, six months before they met in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And they and KD and them had him down 3-1. This is before they lost to Cleveland in game seven of the finals. So this mm-hmm. is, like I said, this had been something that had been brewing long before that ever, right. you know, ever, you know, all that stuff ever happened. Right. right. The, the thing that I don't like, right. It's like, okay. In my opinion, Golden State didn't have three franchise players, right. Golden State had to, in my opinion, it, again, my opinion, I've, I've told Bruce this a hundred times, Draymond and Clay are, are, are kind of half, one half, you know, one face of the same coin. Clay ain't taking nobody off the dribble. Them shots get created for him off, off by Draymond and by Steph. Right. Uh-huh. He's a spot up shooter and he plays he plays the defense for Steph that Steph can't play. I said, uh-huh. there's only really one franchise player on that squad. Right. Uh-huh. KD comes on down. And now there's two franchise players. LeBron James got three franchise players on every squad he's playing. them. Right. Yeah. So you have. Kevin Love was 26 and 12, a franchise uh-huh. player in Minnesota. Kyrie was running his own organization in Cleveland. Same thing that happened when they went down to Miami. Right. You got. You got uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh who are each leading their own their own franchises. Why, when it looks like they're, they're, the 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 scales are even, oh, you have the disadvantage. Oh, Golden State's the best team ever. No, they're not. <laughs> it's like it's it's a heck of a squad. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the best squad ever. What makes them the best squad ever? Right? Yeah, this notion this notion they were stacked. They 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 weren't stacked. And that and that 2016 team that lost to Cleveland, that team had peaked. Mm-hmm. Um, if that team had stayed constructed the way they were, they they probably weren't gonna win another championship, and, and they knew that. So you got an opportunity, you got a hole at the three because Harrison Barnes is gonna ready to be a free agent. Harrison Barnes stuck up the gym the last five yep. games of that series. Yeah, you got yep. at the three spot. You got an opportunity to upgrade and get you know arguably the second one of the top two players in the world to yep. upgrade the position to a position of need. You'd be a fool to not 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 address that and take that absolutely, opportunity. absolutely. Absolutely. You got to do it. I remember Bruce and I were going back and forth about it. Right. Bruce is like, I think it's a, it's a coward move. I said, let me ask you a question. What happened to the samurai? I said, the minute guns showed up, the samurai wasn't necessary anymore. <laughs> I right. said, so everybody else, everybody else got weapons, bro. You can't come out here with a sword. You got it. You have to make the adjustment. I was I, if, if LeBron never made that move, 
and KD made that move, I had a problem with KD. LeBron opened the doors up. The media loved it. Okay, listen, you got to do what you got to do. This is the, this is this is what the new service. This is what the new circumstances are. It is what it is. Right, right, right. So, so moving on from that, guys. Um, back a little bit to the NBA games themselves and and style of play. Something I thought was interesting about a week or two ago. I, I heard the stat that blew my mind. In today's NBA games, the two teams that are playing are averaging a combined eighty-three point attempts. Why do you think that is? And and do you, do you think that's coaching? you think that's the, the GMs? Do you think that's just the way the game is played? And do you think we'll ever get back to a time where the game is more balanced in terms of what teams are doing offensively, more mid-range, more post-play, et cetera? I mean, it's all of those things you just, you just mentioned. I mean, I remember, um, I think, in 2017 when Golden State played Houston in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, and Houston – Missed yeah. what, like 20, 27, 26 in, yeah, in a row? in a row, yeah. Something like that. Well, um, um, I, you know, I know John Lucas uh, pretty well, who's an assistant mm-hmm. over there. And, you know, we had we had mutual friends and stuff. So he told a friend of mine that, because they only shot, I think, 47 threes total that night. Mm-hmm. He said they were, they, this coaching staff, not him, because John Lucas is old school, but Dan mm-hmm. Tony and those guys, mm-hmm. Daryl Moore and all them, they were pissed off. They didn't get 53 three balls up. You know, we only shot wow. 47. We want we want their goal was to get 53 balls up again, even though even though they had missed 26, 27, whatever the number was in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's 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 all those things. Um I do think though that again it's a copycat league, and teams saw how Golden State revolutionized the game mm-hmm. with the three ball. But Ian, yeah. everybody don't have golden. State I know that they don't have that personnel. Everybody Dang don't have that personnel. Right. Like it seems not. pretty simple. They, I don't think there's the NBA they, coach they, or GM to see that. They trying to acquire that personnel best way they can. So there you go. Priority. They trying to put priority on on shooter on shooter. There you go. So uh, Atlanta's a, a prime example of that. The guy, the, the GM over in Atlanta, came from Golden State. Travis mm-hmm. Slank. He came from Golden State. He was assistant GM there. And he drafted Trey Young because mm-hmm. they that was their reincarnation, so to speak, mm-hmm. of Steph. Yeah. Kevin Water, Kevin Water was their Clay Thompson, and they drafted Amari Spellman out of Villanova. He was supposed to be their Draymond Green. So he tried to remake the Atlanta Hawks team in Golden State's image. So it's a copycat league. So teams are now focusing on trying to get three point shooting because Golden State was running through the league for five or six years. And they said, mm-hmm. Well, we gotta ma- we gotta be able to match them shot for shot. And if we can't do that, we don't have a chance. But there will come a time. I believe. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I find that interesting because even when Golden State was running through the league, shooting the threes the way they were, they were still one of the best mid-range teams they in were. the league. And and volume-wise, they weren't shooting. They were. they were like middle of the pack in terms of three-pointers attempted. They just they had the great shooters that were knocking them down. They were. So they why were. are other GMs and analytic people and coaches, why are they not seeing that? If I who, again, never even played organized ball, never coached a day in my life, I could sit here and I can see that. Why these people getting paid can't see it? Well, because you got a lot of people in the league that don't know what they're looking at. Yep. Yeah. I was talking to, yep. I was talking to, I got, yep. I got a, a, a scouting buddy of mine who works for the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were talking the other day and I said, man, can I ask you a question? Um, I said, how many guys – you know, when you were on scouting trips and you were at games and you're talking to other scouts, how many guys or how many how how often do you think to yourself, this dude don't know what the hell he's talking about? He said he said more than you probably could think. <laughs> you know, more than you probably think. 
there are a lot of guys who just don't know what they're talking about. A lot of guys get their scouting position by, by, because of their relationships with the GM or somebody that's high up in the organization. They know somebody. Okay. Um, these dudes, don't, a lot of these dudes don't know what they're looking at. And so, again, they have, like you said, they overlooked the fact that Golden State was a very efficient mid-range shooting team. Mm-hmm. They didn't shoot in terms of volume, didn't shoot a high volume of threes compared mm-hmm. to other teams like Houston did under Dan Tony. Um, but that has been glossed over because – these 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 GMs are human. They get caught up in these media narratives too. They watch the jump. They watch first take. They watch undisputed. They watch all these shows. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. So they, okay. They get caught up in all this stuff too. Players mm-hmm. do too. They get caught up in all this stuff too. Um, and so um, instead of them, you know, looking at the reality of the situation, they hear Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are the greatest shooting backcourt of all time, and they're winning. They won three out of five. You know, probably what should have been four out of five if KD wasn't hurt in 2019, four out of five championships. Um, and, you know, we want to we want to duplicate that, you know, by, by, you know, by any any way we can. We want to try to duplicate that. And, and that's what you have today. Um, but I do think that um, if we get, you know, I guess we got Joel Embiid, but even Joel, he kind of floats out and shoots, shoots, the, shoots this perimeter shot a little bit more than I would like him to. I think but, he's done a lot uh, better this year with concentrating has, on the post. Has, I'm a big Embiid fan. Andy knows that. That might that might be because Dream is my all time favorite player. Right. <laughs> so right. But right, yeah, I'm a, right. I'm a big Embiid fan. Right. But if there was another, if there was a, a specimen like Shaquille that was in the league today, mm-hmm. um, it, you would see it going back to you know throwing the ball down inside because nobody could match up with him. So yeah. teams would have to mm-hmm. some teams would have to adjust and try to figure okay how do we match up with this dude. Um, instead of being the other way around. So mm. um, I, I think there will be, you know, it, it, everything goes in cycles. Um, I think at some point we will probably get back to the dominant big man at some point down the line. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think everything is cyclical, cyclical, cyclical and, mm. and, and things, you know, just go in cycles, man, and, and, and it all come back to, uh, uh, you know, come back to where it was. Got it. So before we let you get out of here, Ian, um, and and this has been great. Definitely, you uh, dropped a lot of wisdom on us here. Uh, before we let you go, you, you know what you gotta do, man. You gotta give us an NBA story. You you don't have to say names, but give, uh, give us a good one, man. I know you got a lot in in your. Uh, uh, give, give us a good NBA story. Oh, um, so when um, y'all remember when Jr. Rod was playing for the Lakers, um. So JR's and, and 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 JR came in talking, you know, just talking crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, he used to, you know, because you know JR, you know, I used to bust Kobe's ass. You, if you t- if you talk to JR long enough, JR tell you how how much he used to bust Kobe's ass. Mind you, Kobe was just coming out of high school, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, I used to bust Kobe's ass this, that, and third. So when he got to the Lakers, he would talk, he would say that out loud, you know. So they're in practice one day and. um and 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 Jr. talking crazy, you know. Go back, just bust your ass, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't see me, yada, 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 this, that, and the other. So, um, Kobe says they were, they were, they were, they were scrimmaging. So um, he asked Phil to put him on the second team so he could, you know, go against Jr. Mm. And 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 they did, and you know. 
they didn't really get to it the way Kobe wanted them to get to it, you know, because they hadn't involved everybody else. And Kobe, you know, it was a practice mm-hmm. session. So, mm-hmm. so he said, all right, we'll, 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 we'll play one-on-one after, after. He said, well, why don't we play one-on-one after practice? So Gerald like, yeah, cool, let's go. Man, look, man, Kobe ran off 11 in a row. <laughs> and it, it got to a point where JR got pissed off. He wanted to fight. <laughs> wow. he probably, he, and if, if he sees this interview, he probably don't get mad for, for somebody, somebody telling this story. But uh, he got mad and wanted to fight. And uh, he ran up on Horace Grant. And, mm. you know, Why Horace, you want to fight Horace Grant? <laughs> You know how you know how you you know how dudes are in, in the hood, man. They they get mad at they get mad at everybody everybody except the dude they should be mad at. Uh, Every, everybody so, catching it except yeah, the, except yeah, for that everybody dude. Everybody except the dude, yeah. So he run up on Horace Grant. Horace say, man, look at young fella. I'm 16, 250, man. He said, you you you, you might want to take that somewhere else, man. We, you don't want these do problems. You don't want these problems, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's just one story I know of. I, right. I, oh, listen, we, we, I, we'd be here for hours if I if I. I be I be holding on, waiting. I'm like, I, I when is my <laughs> man gonna get to one of them stories? Man? Oh, <laughs> when you when you did the Tony Braxton, he did Tony Braxton. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, right, I said that's crazy. We, we gonna have you back, so don't even worry about it. But before <laughs> before he drops, before he drops, question for you. So. Who do you who given all the moves that have made all the buyouts and what have you? Who do you who do you have winning it all this year? If everybody's healthy, uh, Brooklyn. If everybody's healthy, yeah, it, it, it's not. A, there's not a team in the league that got that kind of firepower, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking the same they, thing. If they're healthy, um, I, I think that they're. You know, nobody is unbeatable, obviously. But I, I think if they're healthy, they're pretty much they're close to they're as close to being unbeatable. Um, as there is right now. Granted, again, that they're healthy. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens I, with KD. Um, I know James is out tonight with some hamstring tightness, so we'll see what happens with the injuries. And Kyrie has always been been hurt at different points in his career. So if they can stay healthy, man, I, I think they I think they'll win. I, I don't think the Lakers don't have enough firepower. Um, Philly, I don't think Philly has enough firepower mainly because because Ben Simmons is is allergic to shooting jump shots. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's going that's going to be that may be an issue coming up. But I think that you know I think it's Brooklyn. I, I told Bruce earlier today. I said Kyrie got twelve assists last night. I said I watched. I rewatched the game. I said if he's that kind of player, it's lights out. I said yeah. if that's what he wants to become, it's lights out. I said this. This you have to, you have too many dynamic offensive players mm-hmm. on one roster. You can't make enough adjustments. You no. just can't. Right? It's it's like you got one guy you need to double team. That's tough. That's the typical night out. Two guys. Okay, yeah, we can adjust. You got three guys, and then and, Blake can be. And, and, and you you got three guys, and then one of them dudes that ain't nobody in the world can guard. And KD. I mean, I don't care who it is. And if 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 and if KD is simply being a spot up shooter, for, while these right. guys basically create for everybody else, that's still a nightmare, right? It it's it's like if these dudes are healthy, it's it's not even going to be competitive, right? I, I said when 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 uh, Blake went, people were like, oh Blake washed. I said, nah, Blake ain't washed. I said I watched him in Detroit. I said that dude he was playing playmaker from the from the pivot. I was like. Uh-huh. You have so much versatility with what you can do in Brooklyn. Like, even forget about LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, he's an add-on. I say, bro, you you literally 
you can't design a defense for these dudes. Like, you just got to hope they miss. With that said, Ian, real quick, um, before you go, um, the Clippers moves. The Clippers, I think, are very dangerous with the moves they made. I think, to me, the the only key is, like, can Paul George finally really step up and become playoff P? Because you got playoff Rondo. You know what he can do. And, yeah. and he's the guy that can kind of take some of the playmaking pressure off of Paul George and off of Kawhi Leonard in a situation like that. So you got a guy who can really and truly distribute it, has the championship medal, can can defend, you know, for, for a couple of weeks in a playoff run. Where do you think the Clippers are in terms of their – their possibility of winning a championship because I wouldn't count them out. I, I agree that the 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 Nets have so much firepower, but I think the Clippers would be very dangerous as well. And they have and they just got the oh. and they just got the Marcus and they right. get well, the Marcus. I, I, well, I thought if they had somebody like Rondo last year, uh, they they Absolutely. probably would have won it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember I remember telling a, a GM buddy of mine we were texting during the playoffs last year, and I remember texting him and I said, "Man, I said Clippers need Rondo." Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I told you that. That, that was last. That, that yep. was last season. Um, because Paul struggled in the bubble last year, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue this year because I think Rondo's going to make the game easier on Paul. I think Paul had yes. to work too hard. I think Paul had to work too hard to get his shots last year. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and I think that that Rondo will make the game easier on him and take some of the pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember during that Laker run last year, man, when, when Rondo came on the floor, they played with a different energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made plays. He was smart. Um, his 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 defensive instincts took over, and he took them to another level. And I think, it, and and as as disruptive as, as Patrick Beverly is, and as as great of a player Patrick Beverly is, he he's not the guy, type of guy that's going to be able to run your team and get you into and get you into your offense. And Rondo mm-hmm. can, and yep. I think that 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 may be the missing piece for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I I still believe last year. See, the Clippers never wanted to be in the bubble in the first place. They right. voted to not, they voted not to go to the bubble, and then right. when the when the, the, the Jacob Blake situation happened in, in Wisconsin, um, and they had that big meeting, they voted to to just end the season. And they never wanted to be there, mm-hmm. so they they wanted the right headspace um, anyway. And and despite all of that, they still came within the game and going to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And I really I really do believe that they 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 would have beaten the Lakers had they been able to to, to, to face them. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But, um, you know, I think that, again, I think Rondo's their X factor. And I think if they're going to get it done, they're going to get it done this year. And they got to get it done this year. Yeah. Um, and I think the Lakers are a little vulnerable right now. Oh, yeah. um, and, and I think that the Clippers, the, I could see a Brooklyn Clipper uh, final. That would be crazy. Fair enough. Fair and, enough. And, and what AD got, what it, that, that they said he has um, Achilles tendinosis, uh, tendinosis. That's what I got. That joint shows up on you when you ain't ready. When you have no, oh, no idea. I, when it's- I, I, I have the same problem. Yeah, they, they flare up on you. They flare up on that, you. Can't walk. And you and and the warning you get no warnings, and you are when when it when it when it attacks, you're finished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're finished. So I mean, hey, he has he has access to a lot more medicine than I do. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but all good all stuff. All right. So with all that said, Ian, man, thank you so much for uh, for joining the Format Podcast today, man. A lot of good stuff. Much uh, appreciated. Y'all having having me. Back. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Absolutely. Look forward this to having This is real you cool. Back. Talk some more hoops, you know. Um, Any, before anytime. you get out of here, though, let the people know where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me. My, my Twitter is Ian A. Powers. Um, my um, 
Uh, Instagram is iPowers, and then my website is uh, feelthelane.com, F-I-L-L-T-H-E, lane, feelthelane.com. So that's, that's where you can find me. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. All right. Till then. Thanks, man.